Welcome to the 34 Welcome to Make Matriarchy Great Again. Continue our series on the Amazons with Vicki Noble and Don Sam Alden. Today's episode is on the matriarchy on Crete, known as the Minoan civilization, and its connection to the Amazons. And welcome back. <laughs> hello, hello. Hi, everybody. Hello. I, we are here at the 34 Circe Salon. I'm Sean Marlon Newcomb, and I'm here again with Vicki Noble and Don Sam Alden to talk Amazons and matriarchy. Hi. Hello. So where shall we go today? Let's go to Crete. Yay. All right. Sounds good. What do you think? Okay. So what's special about Crete, Vicki? Tell us any relation it might have to the Amazons as well. Okay. Well, first of all, um, I think people have heard of Crete, if they've heard of any of these places. So that's a plus. Um, Crete was inhabited since 7000 BCE. And it was, it was, I don't know if it was continuous. Uh, the cemeteries show up after 3000. So, um, but the people were farmers. They were farmers that migrated there from Anatolia. So they were our goddess people, our early goddess civilization, like um, Chateauhuyuk in Turkey would be mm. how, how to think about it. And those so just people, to uh, just to give people context, so our goddess civilization. One of the theories you advance and Maria Gambunta's advance is that. There were earlier matriarchies that existed in what I believe is called Old Europe, and that these predate our patriarchal later civilizations like Greece and Rome. Absolutely. And I would say that really uh, our human evolution was matriarchal for at least, you know, hundreds of thousands of years. But the, the culture in Old Europe developed, you know, and uh, evolved to a fabulous, sophisticated point and lasted a long time, like a couple of thousand years. So that makes it uh, more real for people. It, it's uh, got ruins and it's got uh, lots and lots of archaeological artifacts. And we can actually tell from the context of the place and where the artifacts were found and so on. Uh, Maria Gimbutas and other archaeologists can tell where and what was happening, and they can see that it was a female-centered culture. So that's uh, that's really important. But I do think it goes all the way back to our origins. And uh, just for our listening audience, can you spell Chatal Hayuk? Yes, C-A-T-A-L, and then H. U Y U K and the U's have umlauts. Great, thank you. Chateau Hoyuk. It means cattle hill. Oh. And and where is it located? And what is it again? Just so everyone understands its relation. Well, it's a, a very important site in Turkey, south of the Black Sea. It's like in central Turkey. Not far from our 
our Black Sea region that we keep coming back to because that's where we're the Amazons and we're looking for Themyscira there as well. Yeah. How long ago is it and how long ago is it before the, the civilization on Crete, which is called Minoan, we don't use that term here, but what's the time frame? Uh, well, the the farmers of Anatolia, uh, I think those sites started, uh, they started around 7,000 as well. Um, there was apparently a huge Black Sea flood that probably displaced and dislodged a lot of the communities that were had grown up around it. And that now the the geologists uh, have pushed that back to 7000 BCE, which happens to be exactly the time that the DNA record shows that the Anatolians migrated first to Cyprus and then into Crete and finally into mainland Greece. And that's where Maria Gimbutas uh, and our our own archaeologist, Gary, uh, dug oh. at Achilleon. Achilleon was one of the first. Wow, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, back to Crete, just because it's such an interesting place, because it's not just the beginning of the, of the old European uh, cultures, but also the end. Um, mm. And so we might as well track it that way, because I believe that there are a lot of uh, there's a lot of evidence that points to the later what we call Amazons. I think the I think probably Crete in the second millennium was occupied by Amazons. Oh, Amazons. that's very interesting. I'd like to hear definitely more about that. So please. Well, um, you know what Gimbutas zeroed in on when she was looking at a lot of the sites. I mean, she said all the sites from ancient Europe and around the Black Sea show evidence of priestesses and of women's collective power. And that's very important because that's how matriarchies function. Um, even today, the kinds of uh, small matriarchal cultures that we know about, the living cultures, still function that way. Uh, women as a group retain the governing power. It's not generally a woman. It's yeah. all the women, the mother. It's not a queen. It's yeah, a right. council of elders or, or a council of mothers. Yeah, usually. Now, I don't want to eliminate or leave out queens because I think that's interesting and part of our material. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but basically, I think the more important um, characteristic of matriarchal cultures and certainly of the cultures in old Europe and Crete uh, is that they they were councils of women. Gimbutas uh, called them all kinds of things, you know, councils of women for decision-making, uh, colleges of priestesses. And when she writes about that, then I think about what the guides told us at Canassos and Festos, some of the so-called palaces that were that they found in Crete, which we don't believe are palaces. We believe that they are uh, centers of activity, centers mm. of uh, management, you might say, and governing centers, but also religious centers. 
and that a lot of the uh, community rituals and things uh, happened in those places, and especially Canassos is very famous for that. Um, so colleges of priestesses, uh, she says, living on islands to which men are not admitted. You know, that's a, that's from some of the early legends. Sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. How did how did uh, Maria Gambutas determine these particular things? The idea that there were colleges of priestesses, the well, idea that there were there are there are uh, figurines. Uh, they have found. I'll have to send you pictures. They found groups of female figurines that are uh, one of them is a group of twenty one from the culture that we talked about one week when we were talking about the Kukuteni. Uh, Tripolia culture in the Ukraine and uh, a little bit uh, west, you know. Um, And so they have some of the most beautiful pottery of the whole old European uh, 2000 year scene. Could you say, uh, as as Dawn asked earlier, could you say their name again, spell it out, and just tell us a little bit about, or or say it again, it's, it's fine, no worries, because part of our journey will be where we find the Ukraine burials now of the most recent Amazon women that were found, I should say now found of Amazon women from 2,500 years ago is also a location for these matriarchies that you mentioned. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so Q-Q-Tenny is sort of like it sounds, C-U-C-U-T-E-N or T-E-N-Y. And then uh, Tripolia, or in that archaeology magazine recently, they called it Tripelia. This happens a lot in academia. You probably know this. Uh, the The names change, the spellings change. They right. sometimes, when you're going uh, cross culturally, the their transliterations change the name almost completely. Right. So you have to really keep track of the dating because the same culture can be called different things. But anyway, Tripolia or Tripelia. Well, one of these bases uh, contains these 21 female figurines, which is just, you know, it kind of got my attention because in Tibetan Buddhism, the 21 Taras are still worshipped. And, you know, in my double goddess book, I made a lot of connections between Crete and uh, old Europe um, and the cultures around the Black Sea in Anatolia. All of those have connections to Tibetan Buddhism <clears throat> over the millennia and across the miles, you know, it's a stretch, but that was a, a sort of a subplot uh, in my double goddess book. Well, I anyway, definitely would love to come back to that, Vicki, about that specific thing. Uh, we'll stay on what we're focused on now, but let's not ever forget the Tibetan Buddhism thing, which I read in double goddess, I thought was amazingly fascinating so yeah it it blew me away by the end of the book because (laughs) i had the idea in my mind but i didn't know that i would find the evidence for it so buddha said that this is a quote from her communities of priestesses and women's councils which must have existed for millennia in old europe and crete persisted into the patriarchal era but only in religious rituals and so then you have to think about all the folklore and all the history, all the different historians and how they describe these women's festivals, you know, and the Minads, the wild women of Greece and the Mediterranean. Mm. 
and how men were not allowed, you know, in their festivals, their nocturnal festivals when they're carrying torches and they're barefoot and they're running up the mountainsides. It's all described in the in the historians. Sorry about that. Um, so then, that, that was the goddess giving you a blessing. So. It was. It was like, Bing! you said the right thing. <laughs> So the thing that, I got, <laughs> thing that I got interested in um, is that even after the Mycenaeans came to Crete in the late Bronze Age, maybe 1400 or something like that, um, Crete still kept its matrilineal customs and uh, a lot of the the um, a lot of the kind of iconography, you know, that helped us to understand that women were so important there. And then uh, the same is true for the Etruscans. And we understand, Sean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you said there's a linguistic connection between the Cretans. Yes, and, and absolutely. The... Okay. I, so I thought that was fascinating because there was you have the linguistic connection between the Etruscans, the Cretans, and the Lemnians, so the island of Lemnos, and all three, of course, were known as what, in the ancient world, these dangerous matriarchies. So Absolutely, yeah. I mean, Lemnos is so close to Troy. And, you know, Troy, uh, which is, we kind of know Troy because of the Trojan War, the so-called right. Trojan War, which is the end of Troy. But Troy actually was founded in 3000 BCE, the same time, this third millennium, you know, is when all the, everybody was on the move and the, and the refugees and the, uh, were fleeing from one place and finding others. And as I mentioned last time, uh, Robert Graves told us that the priestesses carried their sacred stuff, you know, and went to the islands to hide and to keep their their religion basically to keep their culture yeah to keep their culture safe yeah yeah because in matriarchy there's no difference between the way of life and the religion you know it's the sacred and the so-called mundane are actually not separated so um yeah they were saving what they loved Mm. and uh and then the etruscans did the same and they're just a few hundred years later they show up in italy um and they're matrilineal and matrilocal. And uh, I read that the individuals, Etruscan individuals, were referred to only by the mother's name. You know, that's so. okay. That's interesting. I'd love to find out, you know, we can talk more offline where you found that, because I think that's an important bit of information to find, because they're still looking from a genetic standpoint. There's still controversy. The, the myth and the theory that ties in with what we're talking about is that the Etruscans come from the Anatolian region. That was what was yes. believed in the ancient world. And the question now is, is that true? Does the DNA and archaeology uh, substantiate that? So Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, when I was researching uh, the double goddess, I, I really came to believe that. It seems that those uh, matriarchal people on the west coast of Turkey, which is what we're talking about now, um, they be, they went to Lemnos. They have pretty strong archaeological evidence for that. 
Oh, that's a good. So two things I want to bring up. I was asked offline about the archaeological evidence of Lemnos, which I wasn't as familiar with from the archaeological standpoint. So I would like to ask you about that. And I also want to make sure everyone is clear as they're listening that we're tying into when we're talking about Western Turkey, uh, which was called Anatolia in the ancient world. We're also tying them to the Cretan women that we were talking about because the genetics show that they come from that region. And our Amazon journey, the Masera, the Amazon homeland, is believed to have been in Anatolia in that region. So it's all sort of tied. But what is the archaeology with the Lemnians? I'd love to hear more about it. Well, there's a lot of that. I'd sort of like to keep the thread uh, on this Crete. Etruscan. Crete, yes, yes. Okay, okay. But we'll let's, we'll come back to that. Then we'll come back, if that's okay. Yes. Um, yeah. Because uh, one of the things I was tracking uh, from those places is uh, painted pictures of Amazons, of two women driving a certain kind of chariot called an oxhide chariot. This is in Crete. Um, and those were the kind of warrior chariots, you know, mm-hmm. at the time, two-wheeled, not four-wheeled, and so they went very fast. So there are images of two women driving these chariots in the in the middle of the second millennium BCE in Crete, as well as the incredible images of the athletic women, the bull leapers. Mm. They beautiful and uh, strong and powerful and you just it's very exciting because these the the bull games really happened and there's writing about it and everything well it's interesting they also identified in some instances those bull leapers they were saying those were actually men not women who said so, that Oh, I, <laughs> them's fighting words. I will obviously. You and I are in agreement. We're all in agreement that those clearly are women. But that was the way they had been identified. I'll find you some references to that. That the bull leapers were mo- were male. These were men doing these bull leaping games, not women. Oh well, the the um, Greek archaeologists beg to differ. <laughs> yeah, well, it's pretty clear. We can see from the way that the women are. Uh, the way the, the people in the paintings are displayed and portrayed, they're very likely women. Uh, there is the, the uh, convention in Crete, as well as Egypt at that time. In the murals, the, the men were painted terracotta and the women were painted white. And I don't know what that's about. They, they talk about it just as a, a convention of painting. Uh, it, so, it seems like there was something I think they found recently. A lot of makeup was worn uh, using that same kind of coloring for women. So that may have been part of it. But yeah, there's no real answer to that right now. Well, their whole bodies are, are white in these murals. Um, but, the, but the thing that I was thinking of is that in the, one of the most famous bull leaping murals, the, there are two white figures, one at the horns and one at the back sort of spotting the third bull leaper who is actually in the process of making a kind wow. of a flip. And that person is painted terracotta. So, I mean, I think it might, it was probably both men and women. Right. But, there the, you go. but to go back to the chariots, um, in, in an Etruscan tomb from well, about the eighth century BCE. So this is a little, you know, it's almost, not quite a millennium later than the chariot 
with the women in Crete. Um, in the Tarquinia tomb, the two women are driving a chariot, and there are four horses, all white horses, and they're racing, you know. And so that's, and they clearly are established as Amazons as far as the Italian archaeologists are concerned. And then at Eleusis, you know, where the Eleusinian mysteries happened. Right. Um, and they happened apparently since 1500 BCE, but uh, we know them mostly from the classical period. Um, there's also a, an image of two Amazon queens and a male musician, interestingly, driving the chariot together. And the chariot is pulled by winged horses. And you know, the story of Pegasus is related right. to, to Crete, I think. Um, and then those two women driving that chariot, they are driving uh, driving it into, or, you know, who's the, uh, the goddess Artemis sort of stands in front of them um, as they're driving. And of course, she's connected with the Amazons, Artemis. Right. So, so Amazon images and yeah, images, figurines, paintings, things like that show up in Turkey in the third millennium, and then that's what we see in Crete in the third millennium. A whole influx of new people come. Uh, almost certainly refugees. It's even been suggested in one piece I read a long time ago that uh, it was at the time of the first dynasty in Egypt when they brought the uh, upper and lower Egypt regions together. Right. Uh, they call it the Great Unification, but it's just a big colonization is what it is. And and that and then they had the first dynasty. Well. Um, a whole bunch of people left Egypt at that point and went to Crete. And so we know who they are. <laughs> wow. That's, how do we know that, Vicki? Is it a DNA thing? Is it an archaeological thing? How do we know that happened? Archaeological. The, the DNA material that's showing up now, it's very recent that it's been so useful. And, and we show these uh, real records, you know, of who went where. Uh, that's why it's so exciting. This decade is the decade of uh, the DNA uh, emergence. Right, but, right. But it was old archaeological uh, references from. And when when you say third, and I'm just clarifying this for our listeners. When you say third millennium, you mean third millennium BCE. Exactly. Yes. So we started in the seventh millennium in Crete, and then the third millennium is when the cemeteries really show up. Tholos tombs. Have you heard that term? No. Yes. Round, round kind of stone tombs like the famous ones are at Mycenae uh, in, mm -hmm. in the early part of the second millennium. And those those shaft graves, they call them from mm -hmm. Mycenae, they they could those burials are very interesting. Those th there's a tomb of the women, three women covered in gold and a baby. Um, uh, very interesting. And uh, they may be related to uh, this uh, early burial in the middle of Turkey at Alacha Huyuk, 2500 BCE. And that woman was a priestess. She's called a priestess in the archaeology. And uh, she was wearing a belt with five pairs of double goddesses. Oh, wow. In gold. Wow. Tiny little double goddesses in gold. 
And she had a gold crown and she had a, a big uh, water mirror for divination like are found in the Cycladic Islands. And, uh, and she was buried in a mobile shrine wagon. And that's all, that's very interesting to me, all of that, because I think she was a shaman priestess, but I think she is an Amazon. And, uh, and it's that, it's that millennium when they first show up. Um, And and I think that's, that stays important because we keep seeing uh, so many things uh, unfold in the third millennium. And then, and then Crete has another great influx of population in at the beginning of the second millennium. BCE. And at that point, they build uh, mountaintop shrines. And in one mountaintop shrine, they found uh, what they call a horde of 40 double axes. Wow. I know. And the double axe became very uh, meaningful at Crete. It was a Gosh, they were in tombs and they were in shrines and very tall black double axes stood in front of the uh, the crypts and the storage rooms, you know, clearly really important. Vicki, can we hold right there? Because oh. the double axe is also called the laborist, correct? And that is the symbol that the Amazons used. And you yes, said exactly. that... Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so so for the listener, the the reason those axes are important is because that is a symbol that directly tied to the Amazon in the ancient world. And, and if you, yeah, and if Vicky is saying that these axes are in front of the tomb, tombs then, and uh, storage rooms, and it sure sounds to me like that's saying this is the tomb of an Amazon. And Vicky, you were saying this is when they showed up. I think you used the phrase, and I think you were referring to the the Amazonian kind of woman. I believe. Could you say more about when you think the Amazon, quote unquote, that Amazon image or Amazon sensibility, shows up? Where it came from? Was it indigenous? Yeah. Well, it's yeah. It seems like everywhere that they got uh, overrun uh, by incoming invaders you know, murderers, (laughs) Um, they, they took up arms. I don't know how long that took. I mean, but we know that the the matriarchies took up arms, these matriarchal civilizations, each of them, the individual, once they get a run, they become radicalized, so to speak. And that's where you get your Amazonian imagery and activity. Yes. And uh, in the third millennium, I think especially um, we see them as the beginning of a resistance movement. That's what one author called it. Uh, he's really interesting, uh, Emmanuel Cantor. He wrote a book called uh, The Amazons in 1926. Wow. Um, yeah, the old, uh, these old authors, you know, are really quite interesting because they, they weren't uh, trying to hide anything. They weren't trying to, <laughs> they liked it. They, they, they just wrote what they found. And he yeah. said, Amazons do not appear until barbarism is firmly established as a system. So we know that the barbarism began uh, at the very end of the fifth millennium and the beginning of the fourth, and that the first wave, in, you know, into, uh, and it, it, sorry, into old Europe, um, happened during that period of time. And 
And by the end of the fourth millennium and the beginning of the third, uh, the, the place was wrecked. That's when the DNA record shows us that the farmer men in old Europe were completely eliminated. Mm. Their, their can, DNA- can, we hold, can we hold there too? Yeah. So to say more about it, just to quickly, and I'm sorry to interrupt no, for the not. listener, it's, it's the whole notion that is talked about now, but that Morrigan Buddhist had talked about long ago. And I don't think it was all that accepted. You know, you know much more about it, uh, how she was accepted than I, Vicky. But the idea that there were two different waves of populations in Europe, old Europe, these uh, Anatolian farmers yeah. and these what are called Yamnaya now, but these Indo-European warlike invaders, they come in, smash into these farmer matriarchal communities and basically kill off the guys and take the women. So am I putting it right, Vicki? Yeah, that's perfect. It's abysmal, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Then, at the end of the third millennium, I mean, the things we see in Creed are very interesting in the third millennium. They seem very goddess-centered and female-centered. Mostly they come from cemeteries. Uh, so in the second millennium is when we see the beginning of these uh, big administrative and religious centers that they that the archaeologists have called palaces. They call it the palace culture. It's the way they uh, make the chronology uh, clear. Mm-hmm. Um, we think they're more. They they look more like monks' houses or something. You know, they're they're basically cells uh, in in a like in a monastery except oh. it was female centered. So I don't I don't mean that it was literally a monastery, but right, I think yeah. it was some sort of female uh centered ceremonial kind of uh culture. Um now Ephesus was founded at that point. People have probably heard of Ephesus, Artemis yeah. of Ephesus, you know, with her <laughs> thousand breasts. The, the, the story is, uh, according to Tacitus, a Roman historian, um, that Ephesus was founded in 2000 BCE by an Amazon queen named Ephesia, and that they created or started the custom of asylum there, and that wow. the Amazon were fugitives claiming its asylum. Oh, wow. That comes from uh, an early author as well. Uh, Florence May, Florence Mary Bennett from 1912. She wrote a book called Cults Associated with the Amazons. And she hmm. quotes uh, Tacitus. Uh, but, she, but her book is uh, about uh, the history of the Amazons. What's interesting about Tacitus is He's taken as one of the more reliable, sober, ancient historians. And again, oh, like we talked about, when it's when he talks about male achievements, it's just taken as is. There's got to be something to it. When he brings up something about women, whether it's Boudicca, who we talked about, Don and I, we had a great podcast on that, or whether it's mm-hmm. these Amazons, somehow, well, you can't quite take it seriously. These ancients, you know, they were a little bit uh, into hyperbole, so... They were Somehow. given to flights of fancy. Yeah. We like to believe Herodotus uh, when he says something we believe in. And we right. argue with him the rest of the time, you know. 
<laughs> exactly. We pick and choose. That ends part one of our discussion. Part two on the Amazons and the women of Crete is up next. <laughs> <laughs>